Hey there, welcome to Broadcast to Post. I'm Jeff Sengpil, CTO at Keycode Media. This is the show where we interview leaders and experts in the AV, broadcast, and post-production spaces. We're giving you the inside tips to grow your media workflows and business today. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to our Watoa Presents Government Video in 2023, uh, 4K and other big trends from NAB. Um, welcome, my name is Tom Renz. I am one of the account managers up here in the Kent office, and I see a lot of familiar faces out in the crowd from our Watoa family members and a few other interested parties, so welcome, everybody. I'm joined today by Ben Ramsey and Jeremy Acri from Pierce County Television. And we're going to talk about our experience down in Las Vegas and some other brief things. You guys want to introduce yourselves a little bit? Just talk a little bit about what you do for those who don't know who you are. Sure. I'm Ben Ramsey. Like Tom said, uh, we both work at Pierce County Television down in Tacoma. We uh, service uh, Pierce County plus six other cities that are all joined together as part of a uh, commission down there. So that's Puyallup, Ording, Sumner, DuPont, University Place, Puyallup. Fife. And Fife. So, uh, so we provide production services for all those different jurisdictions. We record their meetings um, and uh, provide them uh, insight for uh, cable franchises. So we, uh, we do a lot of work down there. And my name is Jeremy Akery. And work for PCTV. I do a lot of video production uh, out in the field, creating stories, trying to tell stories for our cities and our county. So, yeah. And I do mostly the technical work. I didn't say what my responsibility is there. Um, so let's talk about, I know this is something that comes up, especially as we're coming out of the pandemic era, budgets and funding. How are things changing or are they staying the same? What kind of support are you getting from your government agencies and from your cable franchise partners? Um, for us, it's actually pretty good. The county's been working on a franchise with Comcast for like about 10 years. <laughs> it finally got passed on the, uh, the county side this week. So we're moving to HD, <laughs> finally. But uh, it's pretty exciting. We've, we've been providing them an HD signal for about eight years, and they've been dumbing it down to standard def. So we don't have to change anything on our side, but they'll just flip the switch from 480i to uh, 1080. So that's big news for us. Well, they could have done that years ago, but that's a different story. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so now you get to push them to 4K, right? 4K government TV. Let's go. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Interesting thing, uh, the, the three of us got to spend some time together at NAB this year, uh, back at live for the first time in what, three years? Oh, three years for yeah. me. 2019 and, was the last time um, I was down. Some interesting things that we saw on the floor. Uh, you guys want to talk about your experiences a little bit? What, what was big for you? Um, it seems like one of the big trends, I don't know how much it's going to work with government, but, but is uh, virtual production. Right when you walked in the, uh, the central hall, there was a huge setup with a LCD screen and uh, a robotic arm on a camera that was doing all virtual production as opposed to live screen. It had an LCD screen behind them that was providing all the background shots. And I saw that at a lot of booths where they're moving more towards virtual production, which uh, I hadn't really seen before. 
they even had lights that had video in them that yeah. could display an image, which was, yeah, just not something that we would necessarily do for government <laughs> television, but uh, it was fantastic. Yeah, that was KinoFlow. They had uh, light fixtures for set areas where actually the light fixtures themselves reflected back uh, actual segments of video from the background so that the lighting looked natural 360 degrees all the way around you. So you actually got those specular and, and, and shading features from the background right into, into your face or your body or whatever the set piece was. That was, was really cool. Uh, 2110 is marching forward. I, I don't think it's gonna impact the government level, but as we see that going forward, it's going to be a bigger part of the infrastructure build outs. Um, I think you guys saw a lot of auto tracking, right? Yeah, there are almost all the manufacturers now for their robotic cameras can do automatic tracking of individuals. So if somebody moves on screen, it'll track with them even if they move around, which I can uh, see is probably going to be used a lot for like lecture or other type of uh, fixed settings where you might not have a operator or if you have multiple cameras, they can all track the talent at the same time. So it seemed like almost every manufacturer has added that to their PTZ cameras now. That was new. And, and lots of acronyms getting thrown around. NDI, SRT. Um, Dante. Dante. And now you can do video over Dante. Video over Dante. That's coming now. So uh, the network switch people are going to be really happy about that. Uh, no, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's shaking his head. He's our CTO. Um, but uh, the other one is AI. Um, AI is hitting in, in your space as well. I saw you talking to um, uh, our friends from Inventus. Scott. Scott, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, AI is taking, especially in captioning. I know everybody yeah. in the government space is working really hard on that. How's it impacting what you're doing? Um, we actually went forward with uh, Enco and Caption product a couple years ago. So we've been, or probably about a year and a half. So we've been doing captioning on all of our content going through our channel via uh, AI captions and it's been working really well for us. Something that we could never do when it had to be a, a person doing the captioning. Absolutely. And Scott mentioned something about a, a plugin that he's building for your storage. Yeah, I just found out about that. Uh, a plugin that could be used with our SNS storage where on ingest um, any file with audio could be automatically captioned um, right at that point. So. I know Adobe Premiere is really working on a workflow where you can edit via text, so I don't know if that could be integrated into that, but that's like a whole new way to edit via text editing, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, and I've, I've used that feature now that it's out of beta, and it's fantastic. Just to be able to read a script, highlight it, drop it down to your timeline. It's, and it's speaking cool. of Enco, we actually saw a product that they have at the show floor that uh, using ChatGDP, they would write, they can write, or you can write, intros to if you're writing a music station running intros to music pieces and then uh it will read it back in an, in an, a dj voice say your country station so it'll either do a male or a female country dj voice with the twang with wow. with everything or if you're a classical station it'll it'll turn that into a very highbrow voice uh it, the the playback was phenomenal so uh as you're standing there you can i mean at, you at home can run your own uh, uh, radio station and not have anybody there. Just uh, just type some intro pieces into ChatGPT and it'll, it'll run mm. everything for you. So that was really cool. 
so us and along with 65,000 other people got to march the floor. Anything else that you saw on the show floor that uh, uh, curved your socks? Uh, no, mostly it was that uh, virtual set stuff that, that seemed really interesting. We, we were there looking for camcorders because ours have just, we've had them around for a long time, but there isn't really anything new. It seems like for camcorders, that doesn't really seem like a market that they're really pursuing that much anymore. Yeah, one of the models we bought like four years ago was still on the floor yeah. that Canon was showing. And it's, they're nice to have, um, but yeah, no one's really upgraded anything in the last few years, so. So now we get into some other, some, some more practicalities. You, you run many different locales, uh, many different uh, jurisdictions that you run remotely. Are there things that you're seeing in how space is being designed? Are, are councils taking a, a deeper look at, at the end product, so to speak? So making sure that lighting and sound and, and, and how the dais is laid out looks good on, on TV. Um, not, not, that, with that? <laughs> not that aesthetic part as much. Um, back during COVID, they all went to going hybrid. So our workflow on our side really had to change to be able to integrate our video and audio with the, with the Zoom. So that's really been a trend that we've seen over time. And um, as we go through our next upgrade, that's for our switching systems, that's a big concern for us is being able to integrate with Zoom and how that works in council chambers. And, and people with just terrible backgrounds yeah. uh, coming yeah. into the Zoom meeting, it's just always gonna be there. You can have a pretty looking picture going the, in the chambers, but then you go to the Zoom and it's, you know, a 480. Yeah, cut off at their and, neck, and, yeah. Yeah. mostly we, we, ceiling shot, yeah. Yeah, so. You could do some training videos for that though, right? <laughs> That's not a bad idea. With the public, we can try, yeah. but yeah. But with council it's a, it's members, a bit too it's much still. for some people, yeah. Besides the, uh, the, the meetings and, and, and uh, other events that you're doing, the other production that you do, what, what's really working uh, for you there? What, what does the public want to see or what are, they, what are you producing that they really are um, digging, I'm going to say? Well, Jeremy's more of the producer, so he could probably answer this question. Yeah, so we're using you know mostly Sony gear, so we're using FX6s and A7S3s. Uh, really happy with you know all the performance on that, the autofocus and the you know the codec. It looks good. Shooting, we're shooting in log now. We hadn't done that for a long time. We're kind of late adopters to it, and it's just you know gives us the ability to get a different look. Um, it's not so so videoy. Um, was the last half of that question? What, what kind content? Of oh, the content is instead of like you know we're government and a lot we're you know trying to promote programs and things like that, and a lot of times you know people don't really care about a program; they care about other people, and so it's trying to create stories that you know uh, that involve people. How does this program affect you know a certain group of people um, and things like that? So it's keeping it um, you know on the personal level so people can you know relate to the content. And a lot of the programs are shorter form for use on social media. We have a lot of interest from the different jurisdictions on providing content for their social media. So we do a lot of videos that, yeah. that way. Yeah, we don't, I, anyway, PCTV, we don't, we don't do shows anymore. We don't have a, you know, a show that we do every week or even every month. It's basically, it's videos that we're producing for the county or our six cities. And so, and, and they want it all on social media and, you know, usually you know, anywhere from, you know, a minute to two and a half minutes, some longer form things that, that need it, but it's, you know, kind of a lot of short form. Yeah. YouTube. Yeah, definitely. And, and then we're Facebook. able to turn that on and put it on our channel, but you know, then we're, 
you know, able to fill, you know, three minutes instead of 30 <laughs> minutes like we used to be able to. And speaking of remote, how, how is that trending in terms of meetings? Is it still hybrid? Is it going to go back? Are you seeing any, any direction or do people like to do the hybrid? Yeah, I don't see hybrid going away. Okay. It gives opportunities for council members who may be indisposed or out of town or sick or home. They, they can participate in the meeting still. And then the public is able to participate without actually having to be at a council chamber's which getting all the way to downtown Tacoma or any of our cities can be difficult sometimes. So right. it gives a lot more interaction with the public. So yeah, I think that's gonna stay around. Yeah, even when we do our mobile truck, we'll take it out the field. Ben set up a system where we've got Zoom integrated into all those meetings. So people that are, you know, aren't gonna drive out to, you know, Buckley for a meeting can still, you know, listen in and speak on matters. So mm -hmm. um, yep. I think hybrid, yeah, it's, it'll always be there. The other cool thing, I don't know if uh, the rest of the Watoa family knows about this, but Pierce County has been really instrumental in uh, helping develop, not only for themselves, but they can help other jurisdictions with drones. Oh yeah. Um, uh, talk a little bit about how, you're, how you guys developed that and, and how far reaching you've got cooperation with even the military locally. Yeah, we have an excellent resource in, at the Pierce County level. Um, is Greg with GIS originally? I don't know what department. IT. IT. IT yeah. yeah, there's a gentleman that really took the lead for the entire county on drone operations and has created a program and he has waivers that, it, that have been applied for and filled out and he has um, organization software that we all use. So he's very well organized and he's a great resource. If you're looking at creating a drone program, um, contact Greg Lang at uh, Pierce County and he's already created a lot of sheets that has comparisons with all the different drones and Templates for applying for waivers and stuff. So he's been an awesome resource for us Yeah, I'd say just reach out to one of us and we can yeah, CC, yeah. you know, Greg on an email and just introduce you uh, I think he's helped out city of Seattle a little bit. I think we're trying to do some things yeah, I think so. There's yeah. a change coming up where you need to have transponders now, correct? Correct. Yeah, some of the older drones that uh, don't have the remote ID feature You're gonna have to add it on to it or not be able to fly them anymore So that is a I think in September but they're still releasing the list of drones that um, may have a firmware upgrade that allow you to do that. But otherwise, it'll be a hardware add-on. And you guys have even been able to work with McCord Air Force Base to, to work with them locally. Mm -hmm. Just call the tower and they know who you are. And that's a really cool, uh, it takes a lot of work to get to that point. But you've been able to do it. So for others of you who have uh, restricted air, airspace in your area or you know some of the major airports, um, these guys have, have, have done it, so reach out to them for that kind of help. Officially. Officially. <laughs> yeah. Lang. Lang, L-A-N-G. But yeah, if you just reach out to us, we can put you yeah. in touch. And just, yeah, we'll yeah he's an awesome resource. Yeah. And then uh, just talk a little bit about Watoa. I know some of you may not be from Watoa. I see some open signal folks here, but Watoa's got a lot of presence in this area. A lot of members are here. Thanks for uh, all of you for coming out. But the importance of having that within our state is uh, not every state has a has a, a group as active as yours. So it's it's really important to have that. Yeah, Megan's a lot more involved on the Watoa yes. side. But yeah, I know we really appreciate. I know there's uh, message boards and other ways that uh, Watoa members can communicate if they have needs or if they have questions on things. We can share information that way. So yeah, I think it is really 
helpful. We've she reaches really out with yeah. questions a lot for me. <laughs> We've really enjoyed the partnership uh, as at, at KeyCode with uh, with the Watoa Group. I, I know, unfortunately, they're not going to have their annual conference this year. That's that's kind of why they're all here. But um, having that statewide coordination of, of just being able to talk to each other about some of the problems that you're having or challenges or sharing resources and information, especially if you're dealing with your local cable operator who maybe uh, you know, need a crowbar uh, to, to, to get some money out of them on a regular basis or just dealing with policy and regulation and, and other things. It's important to have that kind of a group. The other thing that we've really been able, from our end, to be able to reach out and, and help the jurisdictions is with our participation with Omnia Partners. It's a national uh, purchasing cooperative. If you haven't used it, um, just reach out to me. I can see if your agency is enrolled. Uh, it's, a, it's a joint participation, but it, it uh, allows you to use a pre-negotiated pre um, process for pricing for not only equipment, but also for services if you need help installing things. And your purchasing people will love it because they don't have to go out to bid. The bid process is very complex. It's very involved. It takes a lot of time. And if they can avoid that, it, ma it makes them smile. So we can definitely help you with that. Well. Absolutely, I can attest to that. We've used that Omnia contract and it's been very helpful. Um, talk a little bit more about 4K. I think we skipped over that a little bit, but sure. where do you see that kind of rolling into your workflow? I know you're shooting it. Right. Um, is that creating any challenges for archive or for editing or does that just become a more normal part of your workflow? So. I shoot, and we shoot everything in 4K. And then usually, we I mean, we're, we don't even have an HD channel yet on Comcast, so uh, it's a little we're dumbing it down quite a bit. But uh, everything's shot in 4K. Usually, edit and and produce in 1080p. Um, and but you know, our server handles it. Everything handles it. So yeah, they shoot in a compressed format, uh, so it it does struggle a little bit on playback and editing. So they've chosen to go to a proxy editing workflow in Adobe Premiere. And then um, when they do it that way, they seem to be able to edit fine and then export out from the uh, 4K originals. Yeah, it um, depends on the machine you're working on. Like if I'm, my you know, MacBook laptop handles it better than my desktop does. Um, but rendering it out is faster on the desktop. So it's just back and So forth. do you want me to kind of go over our hardware that sure. we use? Okay. Sure. So like Jeremy said earlier, we mostly shoot on Sony these days. So we have the FX6 cinema cameras and the A7S3 um, mirrorless cameras. And then we also, like we said before, we shoot on a lot of drones. Um, exclusively DJI, we have a variety of drones that we've gotten over the years. Our main one now is the um, Mavic 3 Cine. And uh, we actually have a lot of the Mini 3 Pros. Each shooter has one in their camera bag. So if they want to just get a drone shot where that, when they're out in the field, they can just put it up and get a shot. And, and uh, almost every program now has at least one drone shot in it. So it's become almost standard for us everywhere. I was going to say uh, you the percentage of footage that you're using, but it sounds like it's become a big part of your workflow. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so then we have SNS uh, Evo storage. We have a... 192 terabyte online and then also 192 terabyte offline. So uh, the footage stays on the online first. And then if we know we're not going to be using it anytime soon, it gets migrated to the 
uh, Nearline, and then we have a quantum LTO library that uh, is both LTO6 and LTO8. The LTO6 was to transition to the LTO8 tapes, and then that gets stored, uh, it's mirrored. A, a tape gets stored on site in the library, and then another one is stored off site. So all of our footage is archived um, both on site and off site in case there's ever an emergency, we can go back to that. You just made Jeff smile. Jeff, our CTO, has <laughs> is, is, uh, uh, been great on teaching all of us and in, in our helping our customers out with uh, uh, good practices in terms of storage and archive and, and safety and, and keeping extra copies on site, off site, et cetera. So yep. uh, you just got a big check mark. <laughs> good. Having that archive is really nice too and that um, you know, we can pull it off a tape, but we don't have to keep it on the local storage or in the network storage. We just pull it off immediately. Um, and so I've needed footage from like 2011 for a historical project I was doing and was able to pull it off right away without having to contact Ben or anything. Yeah, we, uh, we use CatDB for our media asset management and they've made a very nice plugin that interacts with the Archiware software that we use for archiving. So thankfully now for them, all it is is just a right click, restore from tape and and a few minutes later, their footage will show, show up again. So that's a really nice feature of CatDV and Archiware now. And then um, our uh, final destinations for our um, projects are obviously our cable channel. Um, we also operate a cable channel for the City of University Place, where they use some of the, the programs that we make. And then YouTube for the shorter form uh, programs. And then um, Inventus stores our meetings in the longer form. Um, programs and then uh, you're able to see that all on our website so those are our main destinations right now we're looking into VOT platforms and that and that's uh, definitely we see in the near future so that's another trend that we really want to pursue in the near future be able to have more platforms for people to see us on well, awesome thank you so much for spending time with us if, if you uh, individually have questions for us please uh, stop and see us afterwards and just a plug for our own thing, uh, go to our website. We post uh, probably more content than, than anyone else in terms of um, trends. Uh, we have vendor events uh, specifically uh, just bringing in experts from around uh, the industry on different topics. So you'll see a huge list of, of postings and we do them on a regular basis. You'll see Jeff quite a bit online and uh, uh, you'll get a lot of your questions answered there as well. So thank you all for joining us this morning. Uh, we appreciate the time that you took to come down and see us. Uh, please uh, visit with us upstairs and, and help us, let us know how we can help you guys out. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks to Jeremy hey. and Ben. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for watching Broadcast to Post. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast to receive future episodes. Follow Keycode Media on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to receive news on additional AV, broadcast, and post-production technology content. See you next time, folks.